Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and today going to be starting the second half of season 11 of South Park. Um, this episode, before I talk about, or before I get into this episode, I do want to talk about this. Uh, the episode that I'm going to be talking about is called La Petite Tourette. I am in no way whatsoever going to be making fun of people with Tourette syndrome. I have never met anyone who has Tourette syndrome. I don't know of anyone that has Tourette syndrome. But I do know that this is a real condition. I understand, you know, the stuff that they have to go through. I, I definitely learned it from the you know watching this episode. And Yes, while I'm going to be talking about this episode, I'm going to be pointing stuff out, what I like, what I don't like. I want people to know that I'm not making fun of people with Tourette's Syndrome. Um, the first time that I can remember anything about or learning about Tourette's Syndrome, there was a guy uh, on YouTube called Tourette's Guy. And I, I can't say if this person actually had Tourette's Syndrome or not. But basically there was like this film crew and the person, you know, would just have a normal conversation and would, you know, say curse words. Now there would be a couple times where, you know, you would have funny stuff with Tourette's guy. Um... One thing that comes to mind is when he calls Colgate and he, you know, wants to talk to somebody and they're playing Every Breath You Take and he's like, I hope this is the P. Diddy version or the Puff Daddy version and not that shitty Sting version, which it was. And then um, whenever he was mowing the lawn, there'd be bees there and, you know, instead of cursing, he'd be yelling Bob Saget. So... Um, so that's kind of where my first introduction to Tourette's Syndrome comes from, is from there on YouTube, and then this episode comes along, and, uh, going to learn a lot more about Tourette's Syndrome. Um, you know what, actually, before we get into it, let's talk about what Tourette's Syndrome is. So this is from, uh, Wikipedia. Tourette's syndrome, or TS as it's abbreviated, is a common neurodevelopmental disorder that begins in childhood or adolescence. It is characterized by multiple movement motor tics and at least one vocal or phonic tic. Common tics are blinking, coughing, throat clearing, sniffing, and facial movements. These are typically preceded by an unwanted urge or sensation in the affected muscles can sometimes be suppressed temporarily and characteristically change in location, strength, and frequency. Tourette's is at the most severe end of a spectrum of tic disorders. The tics often go unnoticed by casual observers. Tourette's was once regarded as a rare and bizarre syndrome and has populated and has popularly been associated with 
coprolalia, the utterance of obscene words or socially inappropriate and derogatory remarks. It is no longer considered rare. About 1% of school-age children and adolescents are estimated to have Tourette's, and coprolalia occurs only in a minority. There are no specific tests for diagnosing Tourette's. It is not always correctly identified because most cases are mild and the severity of tics decreases for most children as they pass through adolescence. Therefore, many go undiagnosed or may never seek medical attention. Extreme Tourette's in adulthood, though sensationalized in the media, is rare, but for a small minority, severely debilitating tics can persist in adulthood. Tourette's does not affect intelligence or life expectancy. There is no cure for Tourette's and no single most effective medication. In most cases, medication for tics is not necessary and behavioral therapies are the first-line treatment. Education is an important part of any treatment plan and explanation alone often provides sufficient reassurance that no other treatment is necessary. Among those who are referred to specialty clinics, other conditions like ADHD and OCD are more likely than in the broader population of persons with Tourette's. These co-occurring diagnoses often cause more impairment to the individual than the tics. Hence, it is important to correctly distinguish co-occurring conditions and treat them. Tourette's syndrome was named by French neurologist Jean-Martin Charcot for his intern, Georges Gillet de la Tourette, who's published in 1885 an account of nine patients with a convulsive tic disorder. While the exact cause is unknown, it is believed to involve a combination of genetic and environmental factors. The mechanism appears to involve dysfunction in neurocircuits between the basal ganglia and related, and related structures in the brain. So, now that we understand what Tourette's Syndrome is, where I've heard of Tourette's Syndrome, let's get into this episode, La Petite Tourette, or in French, The Little Tourette. The episode was written by Trey Parker and originally aired on October 3rd, 2007. The episode begins at a toy store where Cartman is looking to buy a brand new toy, when there is a little boy who is shouting out obscenities. And one of the people at the toy store asks his mom if that's their child. So the mom explains that her son has Tourette's Syndrome. So they end up, or he ends up getting a John Elway action figure, which is kind of surprising considering we're in... 2007 and we are way past John Elway playing football at this point but it's not about John Elway so Cartman while checking in line gets called you know this kid whose name is Thomas you know says a couple of things and the mom explains to Cartman and Cartman is like so this person can say whatever he wants can say any curse word that he wants gets away with it without even getting in trouble and Carmen is like I have the golden ticket I have a golden ticket so Carmen has this idea of like okay I can say what 
whatever I want with saying that I have Tourette's. So, they go to the doctor, and the doctor explains to Cartman's mom that Cartman doesn't really have Tourette's. However, it could develop later, you know, in adolescence. So there is possibility that Cartman has Tourette's. So Cartman goes to school and, you know, he starts saying different curse words and saying different obscenities. And Craig is like, man, it would be so cool if I could say that. So, you know, Kyle, you know, hears Cartman say this and he's like, I don't think you should be saying that. It comes Principal Victoria. So Principal Victoria comes over and Cartman, you know, calls her a derogatory name. And Cartman is like, yeah, I now have this disorder, this mental disorder. And Kyle's like, you're faking it. So Cartman pulls Kyle over and Carmen just admittedly on the spot is like, okay, you got me. I am faking it. But don't you blow this for me. So they're in class and... Uh, Mrs. Garrison is trying to teach them multiplying two negative numbers. By the way, if you multiply two negative numbers, you'll end up with a positive number. It's only when you multiply a positive and a negative that you have a negative number at the end. There you go. I saved your math lesson for the day. So, Mrs. Garrison is trying to teach the class. Cartman spews out more obscenities. And... Cartman or, or Kyle just really cannot stand it. So Mrs. Garrison goes to Principal Victoria, explains, you know, I'm trying my best. I just cannot handle this. So here comes a guy who himself has Tourette's, works with kids who have Tourette's syndrome. Now Kyle is going right to the principal's office and Carbon is like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean what I said. We don't know what was said. So Kyle says, Cartman is faking that he has Tourette's. Well, this pisses off the guy. And he's like, you think having Tourette's is fake? You think this is fake? Having Tourette's? Saying all this stuff. And Carmen is, or Kyle's like, no, I didn't mean you. I meant him. And the guy is like, why don't you come with me and see what it's like to have Tourette's? So they go to this group meeting where they are with other kids who have Tourette's syndrome. And it's like what was described a couple of minutes ago. Some have tics, some, you know make sounds, some, you know, like maybe snap their fingers, do all this, and then we get Thomas. This poor kid, this is like the saddest part of the episode, where he's like, I feel bad for my mom because she's alone, my dad divorced from her, and he said that he was going to be in town and we'd see each other. And the only time that he comes is during Christmas. And I think that my mom would be better off if I was dead. And it's like, oh my god, that is so sad to hear. 
So, after Kyle tries to explain that, you know, he didn't mean that, you know, these people were faking it, he just meant Cartman, he kind of gives up and is just like, okay, I, I apologize. So now, they get outside of the group building, and Gerald and Sheila are there, and there's one more thing Car- or Kyle has to do. That is apologize to Cartman. And it's like, oh my god. Here it comes. Everything Cartman has ever wanted is right here. And what's funny is like, when the guy asks Kyle to apologize, Cartman's eyes just get so big. He puts his hands over his face and he's like, boop, boop, boop. Well, so Kyle begrudgingly apologizes to Cartman for what he said. And Cartman says some derogatory, anti-Semitic remarks to Kyle's parents. So, as Cartman is leaving happy, he goes over to Thomas and he's like, Isn't having Tourette's awesome? And that's kind of where Thomas realizes, Uh oh, this isn't good. So now, we see an ad for Dateline and Chris Hansen. Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. So, Chris Hansen is on, and they say that they are changing the theme of of this particular episode of Dateline, of To Catch a Predator, to Tourette's Syndrome. And Eric Cartman writes in, he writes in a note, a letter, to Dateline saying, I have Tourette's Syndrome. Can you do an episode about me? And me is underlined in the note. It is so funny. (laughs) So, they're going to do an entire episode about Cartman living with Tourette's Syndrome. Before we get further along, I want to talk about these three things. Let's talk about Dateline. Dateline is NBC's version of 2020, like ABC had, and 60, or still had, actually, 2020 is still on uh, ABC, and 60 Minutes has with CBS. Dateline debuted on March 31st, 1992, initially airing only on Tuesdays with Stone Phillips and Jane Pauley. Um, this show has been on for almost 30 years. It is still going. Uh, it was very, I remember it being very popular early on. And if you remember, there was a Simpsons episode, I want to say 98-ish, where... You know, they're talking about Dateline at the end of the episode to talk about how great Stone Phillips is. So, let me tell you who, as of this recording, is currently on Dateline. Lester Holt is currently the main anchor of Dateline. He also does the uh, nightly news on NBC. 
The contributing anchors include Willie Geist, Natalie Morales, Meredith Vieira, Kate Snow, and Craig Melvin. They have correspondents, which include Andrea Canning, Hoda Kotb, yes, that Hoda Kotb of the Today Show, Josh Mankiewicz, Keith Morrison, and Dennis Murphy. Former anchors, besides Jane Pauley and Stone Phillips, include Tom Brokaw, Katie Couric, Ann Curry, and Matt Lauer. Those are some heavyweight names right there. Former correspondents include Maria Shriver, Deborah, uh, Deborah Roberts, Chris Hansen, who we will talk about in a moment, Elizabeth Vargas, Brian Williams, Nora O'Donnell, Martin Bashir, Erica Hill, Megan Kelly, and Jeff Rawson. So Chris Hansen, where does he come into play? Well, Chris Hansen began working on Dateline during the 1990s. And he is notable for his coverage of the Columbine High School Massacre, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, the Unabomber, and the TWA Flight 800 disaster. He also inve- did investigative reports on Indian child slave labor and counterfeit prescription drug sales in China. He was responsible for most of Dateline's coverage of the 9-11 attacks, as well as stories on terrorist groups and the operations of Al-Qaeda. He also exposed how a group linked to Osama bin Laden had attempted to buy missiles and nuclear weapon components, and he also worked on an exclusive report on the Air France Flight 8969 hijacking. His series on deficient airport security resulted in the FAA investigating and ultimately revising its policies. But his claim to fame, his biggest claim to fame, would be To Catch a Predator. To Catch a Predator began in 2004 and was a part of Dateline. And the premise was they would... Cat, they, they basically they set up adult men chatting, or they think that they're chatting with underage boys, and they come in to this room, and Chris Hansen catches them and is like, "Please have a seat, have a seat," and they eventually would get caught and would be arrested for you know uh, under you know molestation, you know, a lot of terrible things. This version, believe it or not, only lasted three years. As much popularity as there was to to catch a predator, this was on the air for only three years. It ended December 28, 2007. Believe it or not, there were actually local spinoffs of To Catch a Predator. Uh, one in Milwaukee, one in Kansas City, and one in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Spinoffs of this have aired include To Catch a Con Man, To Catch an ID Thief, To Catch a Car Thief, and To Catch an Eyejacker, which featured iPod thieves. Um, so, this became a very popular show. Uh, the show was canceled in 2008, in part because Lewis Conrad, an assistant director, district attorney in Rockwell or Rockwall County, Texas, shot himself after he was caught talking to and exchanging pictures with a perverted justice volunteer posing as a 13-year-old boy. 
When Conrad did not show up for a prearranged meeting, NBC and local police tracked him to his home. He committed suicide as police and an NBC camera crew entered his home. In an interview with Time Magazine, Hansen opened that the show had simply run its course. The original episodes of To Catch a Predator occasionally air on MSNBC. In late 2007, Conrad's sister Patricia subsequently sued NBC Universal, saying that the police had raided his house at the behest of NBC. In January 2008, federal judge Denny Denny Chin dismissed most of her claims, but found that she had a reasonable chance of proving that NBC had pressed police into engaging in unreasonable and unnecessary tactics solely for entertainment value, thus creating a substantial risk of suicide or other harm. He also found that Conrad could prove that police disregarded their duty to prevent him from killing himself and that NBC's actions amounted to conduct so outrageous and extreme that no civilized society should tolerate it. NBC and Patricia Conrad reached an undisclosed settlement that June. As far as Chris Hansen, he would leave NBC in August 2013 after NBC did not renew his contract, ultimately ending his 22-year run at NBC. What's a little interesting is that the announcement came two weeks after a photo surfaced of Hanson kissing then-mistress Kristen Cattle. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So back to the episode. So, we're at Whistling, or no, we're not at Whistling Willies yet. Carmen is in a robe, and he's got a small glass, he's putting some ice cubes in there, he's about to have a drink. And Kyle comes, and he's like, you are not going to do this. You are not going on national TV. And Carmen says, I've got complete control. I've broken the wall down. I can say whatever I want. And people will have sympathy for me. While he says this, at one point he says that he wet his bed last night. Huh. Okay. So, Kyle is still, you know, in this position of, I'm not going to let you get away with this. So now we go to Whistling Willies, and there's this big celebration in honor of Cartman for going on dateline and thomas is there and they announced that cartman is going to be the the spokesman the face for kids who have tourettes which really scares thomas so carmen starts talking he says you know a couple things and then he mentions again that he went his bed last night then he says that he cries himself to sleep at night because he has no father uh-oh, this is getting bad. And then he admits that he has a crush on Patty Nelson and wants to kiss Patty Nelson. And then there's this shot of her, and she's like, Ew. So then Cartman runs to the bathroom, and he's scared. He is scared to death. So he's talking with Butters, 
And then Cartman blurts out this line about how he and his cousin touched each other's wieners. And this freaks Cartman out. So he now tries to leave, but every time he tries to leave, either a combination of me and my cousin touched our wieners or uh, I'm faking it, something like that blurts out. And he has to get out of there. So now he goes to the studio where Chris Hansen is at. And Hansen sees Carmen and Carmen's like, I, I can't do the show. I cannot do this show. So he lies at first saying that his mother died in Memphis and is like, she's actually okay. So this keeps going on and Chris Hansen's like, have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. So, Hanson explains that if he doesn't do the show, he's in trouble. Because he and the network could go find him and might end up in trouble. So, now we go to the show. This is the night of, this is live, the show. Carmen is in his dressing room. And he gets on his knees and begs to God, asks to God, can you send me a miracle? Please send me a miracle. Well, here's Kyle. Kyle's outside of the TV studio. And there's Thomas, the boy with Tourette's syndrome. And now Kyle has this plan of sabotaging Cartman on national TV. And how are they going to do it? Well, they're going to do it by getting pedophiles to go over to the studio thinking that it's this kid's house. So the first guy comes, sees Thomas, the guy gets really excited, and he just, you know, skips into the studio. La 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 la. So Hanson's doing his introduction. And then the guy goes down the steps and he's like, Chris Hansen! And then he shoots himself in the head. And then while this is happening, Kyle gets into Cartman's dressing room and tells him what he did. And here comes two dozen guys coming in. And then they all go into the studio and they're like, Chris Hansen! Dateline! There are no brownies! And there's like two dozen bodies lying on the ground of the studio. And everybody's running away. And Chris Hansen gets mad at Thomas thinking he's the one who did it. And Thomas says something to Chris Hansen. And Hansen's like, I'm, I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to tell on you. So then here comes Craig. And he's like, Wow, that's really cool what you said about Chris Hansen. Do you think I could come over and hang out with you? I do your laundry for you. So Thomas has made a friend in Craig. Although I think Craig would be everybody's friend. I think. So now Kyle shows Cartman what he has done. He has foiled Cartman's master plan of national TV. And how does Carmen reply? By giving Kyle a hug. And he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. 
You have no idea. Oh, you saved me. You truly are a friend. And Kerman sings a golden ticket song, skipping away. And Thomas and Kyle see this. They're standing together. And at the same time, they just go, Ah, oh, shit! And that is the end of La Petite Tourette. Wow. This was quite an episode. Uh, I, I think there was a lot more in this particular episode than there might have been in the last two episodes combined. Uh, before I get into my rating, I do want to mention a couple of uh, side notes. The episode title is a play on the title of the 1963 Jean-Luc Godard's film La Petite Soldat. Don't worry, we're not going to go into that film. Not gonna, We're not going to talk about it. This episode is actually one of the first episodes of the show to use any of the sub-ratings, language, sexuality, and violence. Parker and Stone had many discussions with Comedy Central's how to portray the language used in the episode. Eventually, the network allowed them to use nearly all curse words except the F-word, which remained bleeped. I will talk about uh, what the Tourette Syndrome Association thought of this episode in just a moment, but I do want to give my rating of this particular episode. So... With the episode, you have, you basically have, like, the idea right away, in the beginning. Cartman thinking, oh my god, this kid has Tourette's, he can say whatever he wants, and cannot get in trouble. I'm going to do that, and it's going to work. I think there is a point in the episode where... When they go to the group of kids that have Tourette's, it's kind of a down moment, but you're supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to feel bad for these kids because they have this diagnosis that they can't control whatsoever. And, you know, it, it it's their life. It's unfortunate, but it's their life. But once you get past that, from the second act to the end, it is so good. It is one of the strongest episodes of the season. I really enjoyed this episode. And in a way, if you think about it, it's kind of like a Cartman hashes up an evil scheme but the scheme comes to bite him in the ass. And he actually learns a lesson. Which is kind of interesting to say. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I think if that little brief moment hadn't made me feel down. I think it would be a 10. But I'm going to give this a 9. Okay, so production notes. La Petite Tourette was the mid-season premiere of this 11th season and the first episode of the fall run, which consisted of seven episodes. It was not designed as the season premiere, but rather as a bank episode produced mostly prior to the run to allow the team a few days off later on in it. 
I discussed what a bank episode is in Stanley's Cup. You can go back into the archives to check out that episode. Parker and Stone felt the episode was with typical censorship bleeps would be unfunny, as the entire goal of the episode is that Carmen could say anything he wants without consequence. They had many discussions with Comedy Central about the show's content. One suggestion put forward was to air it at midnight as a special episode. The calls came down to negotiating which curse words they could use and with what frequency. Despite this, the F word would still remain bleat in the final episode. Stone remarked that had it not been censored, it would have made advertisers unhappy. Parker noted that occasionally when producing episodes such as this, Comedy Central would view early animat animatics and get nervous about the content. Executive producer Ann Garofino advised executives to wait and see its fully animated form, after which they easily approve it due to the simplistic animation style. As soon as you see it done by shitty cutouts, it makes it all just shitty, or all silly, Parker said. The I've Got a Golden Ticket song that Cartman sings twice in this episode is from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The episode, as you already know, features a parody of Chris Hansen, the host of To Catch a Predator. Shortly before the episode was produced, a man featured on the program committed suicide by gunshot, leading to a press frenzy, which was talked about earlier. Parker and Stone noted that while they liked the program, they felt with its growing popularity, the show's creators were increasingly overstepping their boundaries to catch predators. Uh, Matt Stone said, We like to catch a predator, but... We like the Constitution more. Uh, critical response. The television weblog TV Squad was extremely positive, calling the episode the stuff of brilliance. IGN gave the episode a 7.5 out of 10 rating, asserting this isn't the greatest episode and not the greatest way to bring, or greatest way to bring back the series, but it's got some great laughs and manages to push its single joke further than expected. 411 Mania took the middle ground, giving the show a 6.5 out of 10 rating, calling it hit and miss, and contesting that while the first half of the show suffered because of a one-node joke, the second half showed why this series remains one of the best on television. On the negative side, Buddy TV called the episode a misfire, criticizing it as disjointed and a little off-putting. Now, to the Tourette's Syndrome Association. Prior to the airing of this episode, the Tourette's Syndrome Association issued a press release saying they had requested that Comedy Central air their public service announcements during, all, during or after the show and that they fully expected it to be offensive and insensitive to people with Tourette's Syndrome. The president of the TSA said, we are actually surprised it took the creators so long to use TS as comedy fodder in this program, since no disability, illness, or controversial topic is off-limits to them. Following the episode, they released a second press release expressing concern that the episode perpetuated the misconception that most people with Tourette's Syndrome have coprolalia, involuntarily swearing, when in fact... 85 to 90 percent of people with Tourette's syndrome do not. They conceded that the episode was surprisingly well researched. 
the highly exaggerated emphasis on coprolalia, notwithstanding, for the attentive viewer, there was a surprising amount of accurate information conveyed, adding that several elements of the episode served as a clever device for providing accurate facts to the public. Uh, one final note, the Tourette Syndrome Association changed its name in 2015 to the Tourette Association of America. Let's go to IMDb, where almost 3,000 people have rated this episode, and the average rating is a 9 out of 10. Over 1,100 people have given this episode a 10. 896 people gave it a 9. That's going to be the grade I give it for this episode. 500 people gave it an 8. And 79 people gave it a 1. For males, the average rating is an 8.9, with its highest demographic being under 18, with an average rating of 9.4. For females, the average rating is a 9, with their highest rating, well, you know what, I'm not going to count the one because it's one person, but I'm going to go with the next one, which is 45 and over, which is a 9.7. So a very popular episode, to say the least. Now, reviews. You bet your sweet bippy there are reviews, so let's go to some of them. Uh, first review I'm going to read is from Kubrick File, who wrote, South Park continues to be push envelopes and not let any topic go untouched, this time dealing with Tourette's Syndrome. Not only is this show completely uninhibited, but it always guarantees 20 minutes worth of laughter, even in a very serious subject such as this disorder. Though many thought of this episode as controversial and disrespectful to those unfortunate people suffering with Tourette's, I disagree. During the show, the characters made it quite clear to each other the severity of the issue, though Carmen did abuse the situation. I don't think anybody can honestly say that the story was out to mock. I'm sounding preachy, which isn't my intent. Final thoughts? Great episode. Hilarious as always while shedding the spotlight on an issue that not everyone is as familiar with as maybe they should. Next review is from E. Gunderson24 who wrote, this episode is so great. The idea of Carmen faking having Tourette's in order to take advantage of people is something that seems like a perfect fit, and while it strikes some similarities to the episode where he pretends to be retarded to be in the Special Olympics, excuse me, it's a formula that always works so well and it's really funny. The spontaneous words he comes up with are so funny and it's really interesting seeing how everyone else reacts. The story feels like it flows naturally, and the scene at the therapy center is really powerful. It's one of the show's most powerful moments next to episodes like The Return of Chef and Kenny Dies. In my opinion, any time the show manages to get a powerful emotion, it results in a one of the strongest episodes. And the twist of him actually potentially having it is one I didn't actually see coming and feels like he's actually getting punishment besides getting yelled at. It feels like he actually learned his lesson and even though you know it's going to get reversed by next episode, that's okay because the show doesn't follow that type of continuity. It's easily one of the strongest episodes in this season next to with apologies to Jesse Jackson. Uh, let's see, let me, is there 
okay, we have a couple that were out the day or a few days after this episode aired. Nathan-408 says, I tell you, although it is funny how this many swear words are in this one, I'm sure the number of profanities and swear words in it would probably count up to about 200. Because from what I last heard, the greatest number of swear words on a South Park episode is 165 counts of the word shit. But aside from that, it's so funny because in it, there are swear words and also pedophiles shooting themselves in the head. Watch this for your own survival. Also look out for a mention of Cartman's father and also the annoying voice of Chris Hansen. And also, Kyle has to save Cartman from pedophiles. To catch a predator shows also on Dateline. And they track a pedo down, and when they got there, the pedo shot himself. Yeah, I'm not really sure if I like that review at all. I really don't. Alright, uh, last review is going to be from Mirosui Anitsaki 2, who wrote, Although this episode was offensive to the Tourette Syndrome Association, others thought it was funny, while others thought it was a bad way to start the new season. This episode was funny and just shocking. South Park has made history as being the f their first episode with the most cuss words, unless you count the movie as an episode. I enjoyed how they made fun of Chris Hansen and his television show to catch a predator. I didn't like the idea on how they thought Chris Hansen would do a show on Tourette's and let a boy speak out and bash the Jews. One thing I did not like is how South Park thought that people with Tourette's syndrome would just blurt out bad language like that. I've seen people on television with Tourette's syndrome and they do not just blurt out bad words. Unless I am incorrect. Well, um... I mean, for the most part, this is a very good episode, and hopefully people will watch this and, you know, maybe learn more about Tourette's Syndrome. You can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you can join the show's Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar on Facebook and add yourself to the group. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. Well, next time around, I'm going to be dealing with more crap. Because the episode is more crap. That's next time on Shark's Pod, a South Park podcast. Hope you all enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you all next time.